Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Tea Leaves podcast, where we bring Asia to you through the conversations with the people whose lives and work are shaping the Indo-Pacific region. One of my purposes in writing this book is to hold on to my heritage and tell myself I must not forget the lessons of the past and the experiences that my family members have had to to go through and not just my family members but also you know the people of Vietnam the ancestors whom I didn't have the chance to meet I'm Rexon Yu president of the Asia group For our episode today I am excited and pleased to welcome a distinguished writer in both Vietnamese and English Dr. Win Phan Quê Mai She is a Vietnamese author and a poet whose international bestseller The Mountains Sing was the winner of multiple accolades the 2020 Book Browse Best Debut Award the 2021 International Book Awards the 2021 Penn Oakland Josephine Miles Literary Award and the 2020 Lannan Literary Award Fellowship for Fiction and I'm really looking forward to talking about it with you a bit today Quay Mai it's an incredible book I have enjoyed it. My daughter has enjoyed it, and it is her latest in her library of poetry, fiction, and nonfiction. Quema, I'm I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you again for joining us on Tea Leaves. Thank you so much, Rexon, for having me. Wow, it's amazing to hear that both you and your daughter read my novel. <laughs> it's it's you know like this novel. I'm just like very surprised that it's shared widely by family members. And actually, a lot of family members have told me that they read the book together and re- reflected on their family histories. You know, uh, after reading the book, so that's a blessing. Yeah. I'll tell you, my daughter stole the book actually from me over the Christmas holiday, and and she finished it before I was able to finish it. And and I would say, look, on, on a personal note, part of what I think has resonated for us is that you know my heritage is um, Korean and American, and both of my daughters, um, as they grow up here in the United States, have been exposed to my heritage. And I think the resonance of Vietnam and the period that you wrote about. Which had contained, you know, sorrow and tragedies, as as you write. I think you know resonates with families and with individuals that have you know multiple heritages and ethnicities in their background. Yeah, and I think you know, like I'm sure your your family coming from Korea, you know, have also witnessed a lot of historical events, which re- traumatized them and and also uh, brought a lot of emotions to you when when you can reflect. Back yeah. on the history of your family members, right? And I think you know one of my purposes in writing this book is to hold on to my heritage and tell myself I must not forget the lessons of the past and the experiences that my family members have had to to go through, and not just my family members, but also you know the people of Vietnam, the ancestors whom I didn't have the chance to meet. So this book, you know, the mountain sing took me seven years to write, and it was a very emotional journey. And I feel like writing the book, I, you know, I kind of um, approach healing. I haven't reached it yet uh, because you know there are issues which are still very painful to deal with. 
But I think being able to to discuss uh, about trauma, you know, with a community of readers, you kind of you communalize it, you know, so that you can yeah. you can also talk about healing, healing for yourself and healing for others. So you know, the book follows a family through several generations: grandmother, her children, and their children. So it spans multiple decades and the trajectory of events, right, in Vietnam and what happened going back to almost the 50s, right? Yes, uh, to the 30s. 30s. Yeah. Yeah. And all the way through, I think you end in the 1980s. So it's a, it's such a consequential period for Vietnam and, and what you, what the country has gone through. How did you choose to write this book in English, Quay Mai? Hmm. So, you know, I started my writing journey as a poet in Vietnamese. Yes. And, um, and you know, then when I started to read in English, I could see so few stories from Vietnam, you know, and mm-hmm. Vietnam in uh, literature in English normally, you know, um, presents my homeland as the war, you know, and Vietnamese people as the background to the Western stories. And I got frustrated and I wanted to, you know, because Vietnam is a country with more than 4,000 years of history. And our uh, literary traditions are very rich and colorful. And I told myself, okay, I need to present some of that beauty and complexity to the Western, to the international readers. So I, I spent years translating poetry as a volunteer. You know, I did not earn a cent of money from it, but I did it. You know, I was having my full-time job and spending my evenings, weekends translating poetry and having it published overseas. And I could see that, you know, very few people read poetry. And so I told myself, okay, I have to translate a novel. So for years, I was looking for the right novel to translate. And then one day I told myself, why don't I write that novel myself? (laughs) So that began the journey. But, you know, like I only had the chance to learn English when I was in the eighth grade because I grew up in the countryside of Vietnam and my school did not have any English teacher. So my brother was the first person who you know, who taught me some English words. And then I was lucky enough to go to a private class of a teacher who taught English to poor children in my hometown. So then I started mostly by myself. So, you know, so when it came to English, when I started writing, I began writing in English. I wasn't fluent at all. I had to learn a lot. And until today, you know, I have to learn by by reading by taking notes by paying close attention um yeah but but i think it's it's you know i love learning and and i love challenging myself and i wanted to write in english to insert a voice from vietnam into yes. the canon of of literature in english about vietnam and present vietnam as a country rather than a war and i also want to you know write back to the western gaze on vietnamese women because you know if you watch a lot of hollywood movies about vietnam or a lot of western literature about vietnam have 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 represented vietnamese women as those you know who are 
victims who are absent of agency, absent of trauma, and who need men to rescue them, you know. So I wanted to write Vietnamese women as those I have met in my life, you know, mm-hmm. women who have inspired me. So, you know, in I have a new book, Dust Child, which is coming out in March 2020. In, in March this year, so in less than a month, you know, the t- time is going so fast. So I'm like, am I still in 2022? <laughs> no, but it, it will be coming out in less than a month. And, you know, I have two Vietnamese women who are the main characters in this book. And they are both bar girls and they had to work in brothels to serve American soldiers. And before I researched on this book, I didn't know that hundreds of thousands of Vietnamese women had to work in the sex industry to serve American soldiers. And many of them remain traumatized until today. And, you know, and I I wanted to, because, you know, this, this book is like the contradiction of Miss Saigon, where Mm -hmm. Kim in Miss Saigon, you know, who's, who's a bad girl who needed an American soldier to rescue her and she mm-hmm. would rather die than being stuck in Vietnam and, you know, being Vietnamese. And in this novel, you know, which is a result of my research and my interviews with women who had had to to do these jobs, you know, I, I found that they are such complex characters uh, and they're com- so compassionate and they still have to live with terrible secrets that they have to bury so deep within themselves and I I found such strong connections with them that I, you know when I wrote this book I really cried a lot especially when they, wow. had, yeah. they had to face the decisions for example to abandon their kids you know because many of them became really young mothers and couldn't raise their kids so they had to give away their kids and as a mom as a mother myself I reflect on that decision and could imagine how difficult it was for them and you know like when I was researching on books uh, written by the mixed children or American children of American soldier and Vietnamese women the books that wrote about them in fiction normally you know like Talk about these women giving up the kids so easily and not being traumatized. And I said, this is not right. I mean, any mother to give the kids away, you know, would be one of the hardest decisions. And, you know, like my real life conversations with these women are just so heartbreaking, you know, like, for example, you know, this book is actually inspired by my real life work as a journalist to help people find each other. And in 2015, I interviewed, you know, like um, eight American soldiers who had been going back to Vietnam to look for the children and the women they once abandoned. And then because they came to Vietnam as soldiers, so they were really young when, when they had Vietnamese girlfriends and those girlfriends got pregnant. And these American soldiers, they were very afraid, so they, they walked away. So I interviewed them and I told one of them, why don't you write a letter to the woman you are looking for? And why don't you explain why you abandoned her in the first place when she was pregnant and why after more than 40 years you are back in Vietnam looking yes. for her? Yes. And then he wrote a letter and, you know, you can imagine I write so much. 
translating it and I published on a, the national newspaper of Vietnam. And, you know, like then suddenly I got um, an email from this woman who, who told me this is my first time writing an email. I had to go to the internet cafe to tell people to set up the email address. And then she said, can you call me? And she's the one in the letter. Wow. And then, and then she told me that, you know, after giving birth to her daughter, as a result of the relationship with the American soldier, she had to give the, the child away. And she said she had to give a child, the child away to an orphanage. And until today, she has so much regret and sorrow. And she has done DNA testing and she hasn't found mm-hmm. a child. And, you know, and there is so much heartbreak. Um, I mean, you know, if you search the internet, you, Americans looking for their parents, you will yes. see many heartbreaking stories. Yes. And most people don't know that there were nearly 100,000 mixed children yes. born into relationships between American soldiers and Vietnamese women. And most of them haven't found their parents. Yes. No, it's, it's such an emotional topic. It is. I mean, and you know, like most of these Amerasian uh, people, you know, they are about my age. And yes, a lot of them are illiterate because they didn't have the chance to go to school because when they were abandoned in Vietnam and after the war, you know, people look at them as children of the enemy. So they suffered a lot of discrimination. So terrible, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even their children don't have, you know, equal access to opportunities, to job opportunities, to education opportunities these days. So, you know, the trauma that they inherit is is passed on. It persists till today. Exactly. Yeah. Kmai, can I ask you, when I was reading The Mountain Sing, I was struck in part by the connection that you that comes through in your writing between the characters and the environment nature and landscape in Vietnam why is that can you talk a little bit about this connection from your perspective as a Vietnamese because it it just to me it comes through so vividly Mm. in the story you tell Mm. in the mountain sing grandma Ziolan said this to herself when humans fail us nature can rescue us and you know in the book I also include the practice of traditional medicine where you know Dr. Ngoc uh, uses you know traditional medicines to heal the soldiers during the war because she didn't have access to western medicine Mm -hmm. and I, I think we have been using you know like traditional or herbal medicines for for thousands of years and I think there is so much healing and beauty and power from nature and energy from nature and I feel so much pain seeing how we destroy nature from our acts of wars or violence or from our greed you know we destroy parks and forests and jungles to build all these hotels or industrial zones and I think for me, as a citizen of a country, I want to see balanced development, you know, sustainable development where we protect the, our environment, protect nature, because I feel we cannot have 
a happy and peaceful life unless we respect mother nature and we mm-hmm. live in in harmony with with the environment and you know like the destruction that that is caused on nature on the environment is one great consequence of war that that we haven't talked enough about you know i have written on the new york times an article about you know agent orange the impact of agent orange yes on vietnamese women and the environment because i grew up you know eating fish which was disfigured you know and the neighbors were telling don't eat it because like there was there was a lot of chemicals sprayed onto our land our waters our ponds don't eat it but we were too poor so we were eating you know disfigured fish when i was growing up so you know in a way i was eating the war you know so mm. i remember when i gave birth to my kids one of the first things i i look was at their fingers and toes you know i'm like mm-hmm. i was praying mm-hmm. that they would be whole because yes. i was volunteering working with the victims of agent orange and you know the sad reality for me is that you know like in vietnam there are still areas which are still very much infected yes. you know by agent orange and they haven't been you know enough you know um there haven't been enough actions to clean up and yet we move on with all the wars you know and i really think you know human beings everywhere on earth you know we are related we are children of mother earth we need to find ways to live with each other in harmony respect each other for our differences uh you know and know how to work with each other and and resolve our conflicts without using violence without using weapons because you know i think one day the human race would make ourselves extinct the way that we yeah, are we all sometimes worry about that don't we <laughs> yeah and i see it yes. coming yes yes so you know you're very interesting quimai to hear you talk about your perspective on writing in English for an audience, the Western audience, to present a story in a book that is about the Vietnamese people and written from the Vietnamese perspective, as you described. And it sounds like, to a large degree, in your upcoming book, Dust Child, as well. Are you continuing to write in both Vietnamese and English between you know your literature and your poetry? For sure, I write in both languages and I think it enriches me as a writer, you know, because sometimes sometimes when I get stuck on a project, I switch to another project, you oh, know. Yeah. Um, and I think, for example, if, if I write a poem in both English and Vietnamese, you know, sometimes I go back and I edit the other mm. version. So I think writing in both languages, you know, allow me to look into the layers of the language and and discover, you know, something really unique about each language and somehow transfer the beauties of one language to another. You know, for example, mm-hmm. in in when I write in Vietnamese language, I think a lot about images, a lot about about rhythm. Uh, so I hope to transfer some of that into English. And I mean, I will not, I will never be able to write English in the way that a native English speaker can, you know. So my, my English is like, it has a Vietnamese flavor almost. Yes, uh, right. But I, right. Want, but I want to include, you know, the Vietnamese language, the Vietnamese culture into my English because I'm proud of my culture. And, 
you know, we have such rich literary traditions that I want to reflect in my in my writing in English. And I think writing in English uh, helps me, you know, achieve another mission, which is to decolonize literature in English about Vietnam. For example, when you read The Mountain Sing, did you find it challenging, you know, to have to remember the names of the characters? Oh, very hard to keep track of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> very hard, right? Yes. But, but I think I respect your decision to to try and show, to try and embrace our culture and our language. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, because normally when the Vietnamese language is published as part of the Western text, we are expected to remove all the diacritical marks. Yes, yes. And these marks... You did not. <laughs> I did not. I say, yes. I told my publisher, I would rather sell less book than show disrespect to my language. Because mm-hmm. for, thousands, for hundreds of years, you know, we have been colonized. We have been colonized by the Mongolians, the Chinese, the French, the Japanese. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. America tried to, to colonize us. So we have suffered so much loss to our language and then I feel like the way that we have been expected to change our language to remove the tonal marks to make Mm -hmm. it easy for the western readers is a way that we are colonized because we need to 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 change our language to to please the eyes and ears of the westerners and this is my way of saying you know if if you want to I want to serve you a story with chili lemongrass, you know, um, fish sauce with the authentic Vietnamese way. That way you you can appreciate much more, you know, the Vietnamese culture, the complexity, yes. the richness, the color of Vietnam, you know. And, and I think, you know, if people dig deeper in, into the language, you know, like the tonal marks are so important. For example, mm-hmm. I can give you an example, you know, the... The one one name in the book, Mrs. Tu, uh, mm-hmm. her name means refined beauty. But if you remove the mark, Tu means to be a monk. Hmm. Uh, two very different things. Two very different things. So you yes. need the mark for the yes. word to have, you know, the beauty and the meaning of it. So when you remove the mark, you know, for example, a part of my name, Que. Quay mai, yes. my name is Quay mai. So the the word Q U E has a mark, like a head mm-hmm. and an up mark. So Quay means cinnamon. So this is a part of my name. Quay mm-hmm. means cinnamon because my parents named the my uh, myself and my two brothers uh, ingredients of the Vietnamese herbal medicine. So that oh, we wow. okay. so that we could stay healthy, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So so if I am to write my name in the Western standard, I would have yes. to remove the mark. So without the head and the sack, my name would be like Q-U-E. So square means a stick. So, a stick. Yes. yes. So from, a, from, from cinnamon, I would yes. become a stick. Right. <laughs> and right. you know, like the, the word Q-U-E can be written like square means invalid or disabled. Or Que means uh, countryside. So, you know, these tonal marks are so important, like roofs of a home. So that's- But it also ties, it reminds me of what you said earlier about the importance of imagery. 
in Vietnamese language and the meaning behind the word, right? Exactly, exactly. And I mean, you know, all Vietnamese names and street names and city names all have special meanings. So when you remove the marks, you strip away the meanings of, of yes. the beauty. That's so words. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Kim, <laughs> yeah. I'm so grateful that you have taken us sort of into the book, but also sort of behind the book and the inspiration and the, the motivations. And I, I so look forward to the next month when Death Child is released and reading it and hopefully uh, finishing it before my daughter does this time. <laughs> and to all of our listeners, I, I hope our conversation will have inspired you to go and, and read The Mountain Sing. It is a, a poignant, emotional, lovely book about a period in Vietnam that is um, you know, filled with sorrow, but also with, with love and strength. And I'm grateful that you've spent the number of years, Kemai, that you did to produce a book that you've shared, not just with the people of Vietnam, but you know, having written it in English, the audience here in the United States. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rexon, uh, for the honor of this conversation. It felt like speaking with a friend. And uh, yeah, and I'm very excited to to be embarking on my international book tour very, very soon for Das Jai. So I'm preparing a lot of special performances, including a Vietnamese opera song that I composed myself that I'm going to oh, sing. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, okay. so I hope to meet uh, many of your listeners during my book tour. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. To our listeners, thank you again. Please be sure to rate and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time on Tea Leaves. <laughs>